0: Support for today's episode comes from Hexclad. I hosted the James Beard Awards um, twice, actually. I'm I'm not bragging. I'm just telling the truth. And Hexclad is the official cookware of the James Beard Foundation. So I was so happy to hear there are Dinners on Me Sponsors. Hexclad has revolutionized the cookware industry with an all-in-one hybrid pan that gives you the convenience and cleanup of non-stick, the versatility of your grandma's cast iron, and the durability to last a lifetime. Whether you want to make that perfect steak dinner on date night or ditch that greasy pan from your college apartment, Hexclad has you covered James Beard celebrates incredible chefs annually with their prestigious awards that I have had the privilege of handing out. Again, I'm not bragging, I'm just saying. And it's no surprise that Hexclad is their official cookware. They are a chef's dream and I I just, I love cooking with them. I feel so professional when I do. Hexclad also has a lifetime warranty. These are literally the last set of pots and pans you will ever have to buy. Trust me when I say your partner, your family, and all your dinner guests will thank you. So, chef, now is the time to upgrade that kitchen. For a limited time only, our listeners get 10% off their order with an exclusive link. Just head to hexclad.com slash JTF. Support our show and check them out at hexclad.com forward slash JTF. Bon appétit. Let's eat with Hexclad's revolutionary cookware. Hey, dinner's on me, listeners. So I feel so lucky because in the first season of my podcast, my guests have been incredibly vulnerable and we've really covered a lot of ground in terms of our lives and our careers. But today, I wanna dig a little bit deeper into a theme that's come up with quite a few of my guests and it's one that's also very close to my heart, parenting. I became a parent for the first time in 2020. I have two sons, Beckett and Sullivan. They have absolutely changed my life in ways that I expected them to change my life. But more surprisingly, they've changed my life in ways that I did not expect them to. And I don't know, it's all very new to me still, this parenting thing, being a dad. And having these conversations on the show with other parents and soon-to-be parents has been really special for me. So today you're gonna hear some of my favorite moments talking about the subject of being a parent with my guests Uzo Aduba, Busy Phillips, and Padma Lakshmi. My interview with Uzo will kick us off. Uh, You know Uzo from Orange is the New Black, or Mrs. America, or most recently, Painkiller. Uzo was pregnant at the time of this interview and is due shortly, so it's very possible that she'll be a new mother by the time this episode is published. Uzo, if you're listening, I am so happy for you, and I cannot wait for you to be a mom. Okay, let's get to the conversation. How's it go? So you just had a you had a big announcement. Yeah, it's like wild. Like I'm like gonna be a mom. This I know, crazy. What are you anticipating with this new chapter? Well,
1: and that's what I, I came here today. I was like, I am gonna add like pick Jesse's. Oh, do it about like parenting. I don't know what it felt like for you on your first, but it was like in my mind. Like we set up a bassinet, for example, mm-hmm. in our bedroom, and I look at it, and I'm always like saying to Robert, my husband, I'm like, baby, a like.
0: Yeah. baby is going yeah. to be in that. Like, that's not decorative. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> like... Oh, when that stuff starts coming into the house, it becomes very real. Really? Yeah. I
1: know something about babies because I babysat. Mm-hmm.
0: But I also it's don't so know anything about yeah. babies. Yeah, I mean, same with me. I mean, I was... I took care of kids. Like, that was my job when I was struggling as an actor. Like, mm-hmm. I, was, I was a nanny. Yeah. A manny. Manny, yeah. <laughs> it. And I thought, like, oh, but this will like, certainly like, lay the groundwork for me being a, a great parent. It's obviously so different. Mm. Your heart just cracks open in a way. That's what really surprised me. And everyone always says this, and it's so cliche, but it's like your heart living outside of your body. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Is that and real? Then, like, oh, that's a, like a real thing. But, like, it's also not a describable thing. Mm. like I, people say that and I was like I don't know what that feels like or that means yeah. but then like now like I mean I, I, I get teary just thinking about my son like this morning he cried because he like spilled his his granola and like milk when he was like embarrassed and upset with himself for spilling and, like my heart like broke from and I was mm-hmm. like it's not a big deal it's just milk and yeah. like I'm gonna clean it up but like I like almost burst into tears with him because I was yeah. like so sad that he was so sad. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what's all that about? And I was like, mm. that's the product of your heart living outside your body. Like, you cannot control that love.
1: And is it also like a little bit of like, I wish mm-hmm. I knew how to heal you, to keep you from this feeling. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, it's not possible, it's not you know possible. what I mean? Like, and you know
0: what it feels like to want to take pain away from someone that you love? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but it's different with a kid. It's like mm. so different. It's a different level that I didn't realize was achievable mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I, in a great way. And it like really does change you chemically. Like, mm. I mean, I being a parent, just I'm a, I'm a different person. Really? Priorities are obviously completely different. Like, okay, that
1: was going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. Has life changed you? Like, because that's the next thing I wonder. I'm like, how much of my life, mm-hmm. like in real time, real like stakes, Yeah. Is it going to change? I mean, like, am I going to be okay with that? Also, by the way, and you have to be. It's not like there's like receipt, like a return. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: I'm still learning how to navigate all this, and I had some really great conversations with other actors who are parents, mostly women, not so many dads, a few dads, but mostly mothers who are like reassuring me that doing the thing that we love doing and going away and doing that is setting such a great example to our kids to Mm -hmm. to be able to, you have to do the things that make you happy. Yes, You take a back seat to your career in a way, Mm. in a way that acting is really good because you have to be really critical about the stuff that comes to you. I mean, before I had kids, like I was in a position and you were as well, like we can kind of like do whatever we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's scheduling things and like we might have to like say no to certain things. But like if the opportunity was there, let's, let's go. But now it's like you have to really look at like do I want to bring my family with me to this place? Mm-hmm. And is it going to take me away from my kids? I, you know, when I was doing Take Me Out, Sullivan was born and mm-hmm. I I decided to to do it. But I was away from him for basically the first three months and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy I did it. But coming back and like Trying to get onto this like moving train yeah, that was yeah, at home. Yeah. Like that, you know, Justin had a system that was in place and I was like, where do I fit into this? Right, right. It was really complicated. And it took me a long time and it, it was very emotional for me to, to have to like miss so much of that first part. I'm, and I am glad I did it. It was a very meaningful experience. But that sacrifice and that just those few weeks of where I felt like I was like all elbows and knees and just like mm-hmm. doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. at all times. I didn't know what to do. Like mm-hmm. that was taxing on me too.
1: A thousand percent, that's something that worries me. Like, I've just, like, been thinking, I'm like, okay, I had such an amazing mom. I don't want to be less of a parent than, like, what I was given as parents. Mm -hmm. But then I had to remind myself, I was like, hold the phone a second, Uzo. Like, you remember mom being, like, right there and, like, always there for you. But Mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is my mom had, like, 90 jobs. Like, Mm -hmm. she worked a lot, and she wasn't at every game. She wasn't at every rehearsal. But, like, what I really remember and, like, hold on to is, like, she was there for the stuff
0: that counted. You know what I mean? And, like... She could put aside what she was doing and focus.
1: Yes! And, like, showed up, like, I I mean, we had no business calling her work as often as we were as children. (laughs) But we were, like, calling constantly, and she would, like, answer the phone and, like, very quickly deduce, like, this is not important. You're calling me about Nintendo. But, like, if I'm calling for something real, she's like, I'm here. What is it? Like, stopped everything. And that kind of has given me a little bit of, like, relief of, like, there are going to be probably moments where, like you said, like, it's, like, You're going to kind of have to get off at this stop on the train, and it's going to feel like a wild ride, like hanging on by the back, getting back on it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, as long as your intention is super clear, God willing, they're going to understand, like, you are their top priority. The second thing I'll say to that about the parenting, like, it took me a minute to sort of buckle up and, like, get into this. And it was actually when I was doing Mrs. America a couple years ago, almost— Every woman on that show was a parent. I remember I kept asking all of them from like Margot to Tracy, Kate, like Liz. I was like, how do you do it? And like, they were like, you just do it, Uzo. And here were these like women who I so admired who had these gigantic careers. And they were managing it and just were like, you just do it. Mm -hmm. You guys figure it out. And this gave me some peace. And that like started to like peek open, like, my heart a little bit more yeah. to something that I really wanted but
0: was just, like, scared Yeah, about. I like, think that there's such comfort in knowing that you're going to make your own rules and they're going to be the right rules for you mm-hmm. and that there is no right way to do it. I mean, I remember Justin and I having, like, grand proclamations, like, ba da, dah, bah, bah, <laughs> ba 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 hear ye, hear ye. Yeah. We will not be using iPads or tablets, and <laughs> yeah. we are, this baby is going to fit into our lives, and we're going to have our careers, and, you know, yeah, just yeah, going to be the way it is. And everyone was like, that's cute. You, All right, you'll, <laughs> it's going to be what it is. Yes, yeah. And it is. Yes. That's exactly right. It, it becomes this thing that you figure out. Yes. You mentioned um, your mom. I know she passed away two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank I know you. that you guys were very, very close. Thank you. And you're, so, you're close with your father still, yes. Well, my father also passed away. Oh, I did not know we, I that, Aja. I, I don't know. So really, no, that's
1: okay. My, he passed eight months after my mom passed no, I'm away. so sorry. It's like such a whirlwind season of my life. But, you know, for people out there, you know, like, who have the experience of being, like, a parentless child and you know you're now going to be a parent yourself and yeah. you're having the experience you're of— You're kind of the
0: next generation.
1: The next generation, and you have these moments when you're feeling this— life grower, learning that life is coming to you. Like, wow, I wish my mom was here so I could ask her about this. Yeah. Or like, you know, things, moments when I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I worry sometimes in a greater scope. Like, well, what else do I, don't I know? And she's not here, you know, to help me. And what if I mess this up? Because, you know, like there's no mm. one to call. And when I get weepy and like scared about that, mm-hmm. I then like have to remind myself, I'm like, she has equipped you because you love her so much. Maybe she left you like a map somewhere on your heart, you know, yeah. to like kind of get through it. You know what I mean? So oh, that's
0: beautiful. Let's take a quick break, but don't go away. When we come back, we hear some of my favorite moments talking about raising kids with Busy Phillips. Meaning that I I talk with Busy Phillips about raising kids, not that I'm actually raising kids with Busy Phillips. You get the point. Okay, be right back. This episode of Dinners on Me is brought to you by BetterHelp. Okay, so listen, I was in my kitchen the other day, and I'm I'm very particular about how I like things in the kitchen. I need things to be in a specific place. I like things to stay clean. So imagine my frustration when I saw that my husband, Justin, had left an empty can of cold brew and a wrapper from Protein Bar on the counter right next to the recycling bin. Why couldn't he just open the drawer with the, with the recycling bin in it and put it in there? This is something I need to get off my chest. Therapy is a very safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I mean, I've learned a lot from therapy and I have learned that, you know, I need to pick my battles. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can even switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com dinners today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, help e-lp.com slash dinners. Don't you just love it when someone looks at you and says, hmm, something's different about you. What were you up to last night? Well, no matter how late you were up the night before, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops can help your eyes look more refreshed and awake than ever. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute to help your eyes look brighter and wider for up to eight hours. No wonder it has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. You won't believe your eyes, and you know you can trust them because they're made by the eye care experts at Bausch and & Lomb, and they're backed by six clinical studies. Eye doctors trust them too. They're the number one recommended redness reliever eye drop. The one and only Lumify is an amazing drop that will have people saying, something's different about you, but in the best possible way. So check out LumifyEyes.com to learn more. You ever own something that inspired you to up your game? I remember the very first cookbook I ever bought. It was when I was living in New York City. I had a roommate at the time and we had a very tiny kitchen, but I decided I wanted to be a better home cook. So I bought this cookbook from like a secondhand store or something. And that cookbook led to a little bit of a hobby for me. I, I enjoyed cooking from from home and and making meals for myself and my roommate when I began a family uh, I began cooking for them and now I have two kids and I love cooking for them and I throw dinner parties and I'm actually now a author of my own cookbook (laughs) it's pretty crazy when we own exceptional things they inspire us to do exceptional things The all-new Lexus GX has an exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Some of its available features include a dynamic sky panorama glass roof and front row massaging seats. Oh, that's very luxurious. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious, and this is Dinner SOS, a new podcast from Bon Appetit. On each episode, we'll take a call from a home cook facing a real dinner emergency. Then, I'll work with one of our editors
1: or someone from our amazing test kitchen to try and solve it. Because cooking for the people you
0: love should inspire joy without a side of stress. Make sure you're following Dinner SOS wherever you're listening now. Next, we have actress Busy Phillips. You might know her from Girls 5 Ever or her own podcast, Busy Phillips is doing her best. She's been in Hollywood forever. Well, as long as I have been, which is Kind of a long time. She's come up on shows like Dawson's Creek and Freaks and Geeks. If you know Busy, or if you even just follow her on Instagram, you know how important being a mom is to her. Her kids are featured prominently on her feed. She has two children with her ex, Mark Silverstein, Birdie, who is 15, and Cricket, who is 10. In her conversation with me, we talk about co-parenting with Mark, who she separated from in 2021, and how she navigates gender identity and social media with her kids. Okay, let's get to the conversation.
2: Wait, Jesse, I have to tell you. Birdie recently has become obsessed with Modern Family. Oh, really? This is the, like, as we fight Birdie's for residual. Now? Yeah, almost 15.
0: Almost 15, okay.
2: I'm, like, actually shocked yeah. that Birdie <laughs> went to Modern Fam, I have to be honest. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. Because
2: Birdie's general vibe in television watching is, like, like, Heartstopper. Sure. Young Royals. She's got
0: great taste.
2: Birdie's right now at a screening in Brooklyn of one of her favorite movies, My Own Private Idaho.
0: Shut up. She's at a screening.
2: This is what I'm saying. I Do you love know what this. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so not that like I just never expected Bertie to be like, "Oh my god, I started watching Modern Family. I'm obsessed. You have to watch it with me." I mean, at this point it's like, you know, Bertie is an incredible person and an activist and like stands up, you know, is really loud and outspoken and I don't know where she gets it from. <laughs> Oh, uh, Bertie came home from school the other day and was like, I found out why everyone hates me. And I was like, what? Nobody? I, not everybody hates you. And by the way, Bertie's being hyperbolic. Not everybody hates her. But there's like a faction of kids and, that she gets into it with over political views and stuff. Mm. Eighth grade is wild. And she's like, it's because I'm, they said it's because I'm loud and I'm, and I'm too opinionated. And I, you know, really stand up. For what I believe in, and I was
0: so like all the things that a leader that, is.
2: Yeah, like all the things that you should be. But yeah. in eighth grade, it's not seen right
0: as well. You know, I think you know, at least for me, when I was that age, like I just wanted to blend in. Uh, what I'm so impressed with is that she doesn't want to blend in. She wants to be loud. She wants to be seen. She wants to be heard. Yeah. She wants to be visible. I, I, you know, you talked about, um, you know, the discussion that you had with her about. But Birdie's a non-binary.
2: Well, Birdie's reevaluating okay, okay. their position. Okay. <laughs> I think Birdie's like, Birdie's good with like she, her, and they, them, is not is definitely queer, mm-hmm. doesn't quite know if like at this point she is identifying as non-bians, <laughs> but is, wait, that's what we call it in our house, non-bians, <laughs> but is like the child is like Birdie's definitely definitely queer yes. <laughs> and Like and like and we'll see like I don't know whatever it's like Birdie can be whatever
0: well, yeah and like you said I mean like they we're always learn. learning we're always figuring out we're always malleable it's like we're, there's no need to like set anything in stone at this point but you know I, I do but
2: like here can I just say yeah, this yeah please because people sometimes on my Instagram get like a little like Prickly about if I use a she, her pronoun and then are like, oh, now Birdie's they, them, like whatever. Or now she's, now they're, now Birdie's she, her. And they, it's like, guys, listen to me. It's not that fucking hard. All you have to do is listen to what your children tell you. Yes. And like support them wherever that is. Right. Unless it's that they're a neo Nazi or (laughs) that they've been
0: radicalized by Andrew Tate. And then you need to have deeper conversations.
2: But like truly, I just, I think it boggles my mind because it's such a no brainer to me that you just listen and support your kids and meet them where they're at. And if you don't understand it, that's fine. But you, it's on you to do the research Mm -hmm. and figure it out and move forward from there and in the best way you can. So like, you don't put it on your kid. You, you are the parent, you're the adult and you, figure it out and that's right. what we did
0: and you've had these conversations with birdie because i you're obviously a very vocal person you have a following and i know you've had discussions with her about like how much do you want me to share yeah and what does visibility mean to you and like is this is this okay is that okay and and, and she's she's guided you through all these decisions. Totally.
2: Well, because, first of all, when the with the pronouns specifically, mm-hmm. I was having a really difficult time because mm-hmm. I was doing my podcast mm-hmm. and I talk about... My, the kids know that I talk about them on the podcast, but I wasn't talking about Birdie having come out to us as non-binary and... Because
0: you were protecting that Because I was protecting
2: that information mm-hmm. for Birdie's mm-hmm. sake. But then... I was just having like an, it was hard for me because I kept saying, saying she felt wrong and disrespectful, you know, because that wasn't what Bertie wanted in that, right. at that time. And so then we had a conversation about it. I talked to Mark first and then Bertie and I talked about it and Bertie was like, oh my God, please talk about it. I was like, oh really? And Bertie's like, yeah. I mean, it saves me from having to have the conversation.
0: That's amazing. What is a relationship with social media? Beyond like what what you interesting put out there. like
2: Birdie does not, I mean Instagram. Forget it. Like they, they don't it's care so about it Yeah, it's, for old it's old people. <laughs> old oh, people. It's old people. TikTok is more. I would say Birdie doesn't have a public TikTok account. Mm-hmm. But we had a situation in fifth grade where Birdie had made and posted a TikTok that was like because she was upset with these girls. Bernie wasn't wrong. Like, it was a bad situation. But it's also not okay to put something out there on social media that's the intent to hurt someone else's feelings, right? And so we had to, we obviously had to get involved and, like, have a real conversation about how you think about what you share publicly. And, you know, it's... It's complicated, like we all make mistakes too, even yeah. obviously grownups make mistakes all the time yeah. in terms of social media yeah. and what they share. And I think that it was really, that was really hard for Birdie mm. and she was really embarrassed, I think, mm. cause I think she also knows, <laughs> she's like a lot like Mark too, and really knows how smart she is. And you know, and I think she just felt dumb, like she oh, messed up, you know, yeah. like something that was- She was disappointed in herself. She was disappointed in herself. But I will say, I was grateful that it happened and that we were aware of it, and we could help course correct it because I think it's an important lesson to learn mm-hmm. for these kids who yeah. are going to live so much of their lives online. Yeah. yeah. That you don't have to share every time you're heartbroken if you don't want to. You don't have to, like, share every great thing that happens to you. You can keep some things for yourself, which I do. And I also just think the other way that Mark and I try to parent is by example. And so I think that I try to lead by example with my kids. It's so interesting that you
0: you go into that direction because I remember Justin coming home. He had run into you. Somewhere, and he goes, Oh my God, Busy and Mark are, are separating. And I was like, I, I, I didn't hear about this. And like, I Googled it, wasn't out there. Like, you kept that. Oh my God, uh, like private for, we, for a very long time. I feel like it was almost two years. Yeah, it was a really
2: long time.
0: And you said it's been a, a while, and, I, and it was completely
2: something that you did not share. No. And it was just for. We were both n- dating other people. Wow. Like, <laughs> we like, fully. Like, I think that we in this culture, in this period of time, have gotten very, like, sort of hemmed in on ideas of, like, what things look like and what ideal Mm -hmm. situations look like, Mm -hmm. whether it's, like, romantic or jobs or money or, like, living arrangements or children or, you know, there are a million ways to live your life and be happy and satisfied, and you don't need to restrict yourself to one, you know, honestly, like, deeply patriarchal and sort of antiquated idea right. of what a relationship and like, co-parenting situation can look like. Right. I mean, Mark and I share a home, so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, and co-parenting is a whole other, like, you know, thing you have to navigate. Yeah. And, I mean, I I adore Mark. I know you adore Mark. I do. I mean, it's Um, like
2: he's literally like one of my best friends. Yeah, yeah. So we're good. It gets complicated at times, but like, it's really okay. (laughs) And almost, I don't know. I think I was very much informed by my Gen X upbringing, traditional ideas Mm -hmm. that were instilled in me before I even knew how to decide. Sure, absolutely. That makes complete sense. Yeah.
0: Justin and I were just talking about like how you know we're in a great place, but you know just how grateful we are that we're not in the dating pool right oh, now. Oh yeah,
2: it's weird, it's, and it's different also
0: for gay men. It's like I mean, you know, it's a whole. Other I thing. mean, I it's mean. very different.
2: <laughs> but also, like I was like in a relationship after my divorce, and that was somebody that I knew, like through work. Mm. You know, we'd like ended up reconnecting, and right. you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I have someone a, that you had history with.
2: Someone I had history with. Yeah. And same with, like, the people Mark has dated. Mark's not on a dating site, although I really am like, you would fucking kill on Raya, dude. <laughs> but he's, the people he's dated have all been, like, people that he's kind of known before. Right. Or, you know, whatever. So, right. or friends of a friend yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm also realizing, too, because I was really heartbroken after my divorce and then after dating the guy I was dating Mm -hmm. after my divorce. Like, really, really heartbroken. And I just feel like I don't think I'm, like, in a place. Yeah, I don't think I'm ready. And my kids need a lot from me right now. Well, that's a whole other thing when you have children,
0: especially that age, and you're bringing someone new in. It's like, you know, when to do that and how it's going to maybe impact them. And...
2: Like, I never did it with the guy I was dating. Bertie... Totally knew mm-hmm. about him, but like they never met. Like it was just not, it never, that never happened. Hi! Okay. <gasps> what is that? Is that a
0: churro donut.
2: I was gonna churro say, is that a churro donut? Donuts? I'm oh very my God, excited. This is gorgeous
0: What's, what's swimming you. underneath? Is that chocolate sauce?
2: Oh, wow. Okay, this is Thank very you. exciting. Very exciting.
0: Next up, we have my friend Padma Lakshmi. You know her from hosting Top Chef for 19 seasons for her Hulu series, Taste the Nation with Padma Lakshmi. Mm-hmm. Padma had her daughter, Krishna, in 2010, who she lovingly calls Little Hands on Instagram. I love that. Padma recently asked me to send a video to celebrate Krishna's 13th birthday, and I I just couldn't couldn't believe she was 13 years old. It just feels like yesterday that she was running around Padma's apartment with little bells on her ankles so that Padma could hear where she was when she was, you know, in the other room. In our interview, Padma shares how she tackles difficult topics with Krishna, and we hear her daughter's reaction to that internet-breaking Sports Illustrated cover. Okay, let's get to the conversation. But um, it's such a difficult time in this country to be a woman, you know, with, with reproductive rights being taken away, all Justin and I can do, because we, we talked about this, right? We, you know, we're not, we're not the, the, the dads of a, of, a, of a girl. All we can do is hope that we raise these two boys to be incredible feminists and, you know, to have the backs of, of their, their female friends and to just be good good people. What is it like? I mean, is she, is Krishna's 13. I mean, is it? Complicated having these these conversations. It's super
3: complicated, and this is the only child I've got. So this is you know she's a thirteen year old kid, but I'm also a thirteen year old parent in a way. Right. So I haven't had to deal with any of this before, and you know when Krishna because of what happened to me both at seven when I was sent back to India as well as what happened to me when I was sixteen when I was raped, I sent Krishna off to preschool, telling her that nobody should touch her mm-hmm. and if she feels uncomfortable you know in language that a 4 year old right. can absorb that's
0: appropriate for a 4 year old like
3: very simple i said if anybody touches you even if they're a teacher you know a friend of mommy's a friend of daddy's a cop anybody like that and you feel uncomfortable unless they're getting you out of the way of a moving car or something you know if you feel it's not okay then it's not okay right you just yell no just yell the word no really loudly and then you go and then you tell somebody you trust and i said mommy will never get mad at you mommy will yeah. always believe you you are the owner of your right. body and nobody is allowed to touch it unless you say okay yeah. you know other than mommy daddy you know people you trust but even if it's somebody who's close to us and you don't feel like it's okay you have a right to say no. Please don't touch me. Right, right. And you know, in other generations, you and I grew up were like, oh, give your, you know, Aunt Selma a hug or whatever it is. And it's like, no, you don't have to.
0: And also, like, oh, is that your girlfriend? To, like, you know, little boys. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's a whole. I, I think about all these things in a different way now, being a, a parent.
3: It's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. I mean, I at every stage try to get ahead of it with Krishna. I remember, you know, we always go usually to Paris for spring break. Yeah. Now we're like going other places. But I remember one time she said to me, you know, what does intersex mean? And I was like, what? And she goes, Well what do people actually do when they have sex? Like what is inter? You know and she was meaning intercourse right. and and so i had to like figure out what the question she was asking me was first mm-hmm. because the thing that they tell you and then of course that night i was like okay when you know when we have more time in the next couple of days we'll talk about it and then that night after she went to sleep i went online and you know <laughs> went to like psychology today and you yeah, know yeah. parenting magazine and everything and I think asked my therapist and stuff and what they all say is just answer the question they're asking you know, the oh, first yeah. time they ask great you a question, advice. you don't have to talk about the whole pantheon of everything you know about sex and sexuality. Right, It's too much. Right. And they just don't want to know, you know? And yeah. And said, my
0: instinct would be to do exactly that. Like, let's just, w- while we're here, while we're <laughs> discussing this, let's just get it all out there. Oh, that's so interesting. That's great advice, actually. Yeah,
3: I mean, for <sighs> a long time, you know, she when we were in Paris and we talked about it, you know, We didn't have our flight till 4 p.m. We had breakfast, it was snowing. Um, So we just decided, I said, you know, we have five hours right now. So you can ask mommy anything you want. And you should have seen her face when I was like, okay, well, this is what intercourse is. You know, it's when the man's penis goes in and and you should have seen her face. I mean, it was horrified. She was like, (laughs) her first question was, how? (laughs) And then her second question was like, why? Why? (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, (laughs) and she just could not fathom. Like she didn't even understand that there was a third aperture there, you know? Right, right. Um, And, it, it was really funny. Do you, wait,
0: how old was she when you had this trip to Paris? I
3: think she was probably eight or nine, and I just wanted to get ahead of it. You sure. know, she asked me, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she, at that time, she was writing the school bus. It was like the bus.
0: longest five hours of your life.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was. I mean, I want you know, I wanted her to be armed with the information. And I told her, I said, listen, if you hear about anything, ask me about it. Because uh-huh. I didn't want her to hear half the information right. or something that that was wrong right. that scared her or sure. fre- you know
0: and also just like you know taking the shame out of it because I know for you when you when you were sent away at age six or seven seven, was it seven? yeah for third grade you know that like, yeah. you know, th- there was that sense you talk about this in your book about like I've done something wrong this is something I'm ashamed of and then you talk about again in your piece that you wrote um, in response to Kavanaugh like I'm coming forward now to talk about this because I have been ashamed about it because it was instilled in me in such an early age that these are not things you talk about and that it is you know uh, yeah. something that i've I've done wrong, and I'm being punished for it. so i I you know, I think that that frankness with Krishna about like the, you know the, there's there's nothing to be ashamed of is just so important. And I think it's the same for boys and girls, you know, absolutely you're absolutely right that you know, all kids of all backgrounds need to hear these these um
3: you know she that time she rode the n- New York public school bus, so this, the Department of Education in New York no matter what school you go to, you can ride that bus, but only until sixth grade. Uh Uh And I knew that she always sat in the back with older kids who were also in musical theater, and she liked to sing with them and stuff. But I knew that those girls were talking about stuff that she had no clue about. Oh, sure. And so I just told her, like, I'm telling you because I don't want you to have the wrong information. Yeah. And she really appreciated it. I said, but don't tell anyone in your grade. You know, I said, because their parents may not think that their kids are ready for it, and then you go and say something, and then you're not prepared to explain the whole thing, and they freak out, and I'm that's just so you. tricky. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean,
0: I'm, so, I'm just thank God, that it's like not at that point yet. It's so tricky.
3: Yeah, I mean, I wind up talking a lot. Like, I just wind up being a motor mouth out of nervousness with her, and she's that's like, okay, so okay, I get it, uh, that's enough. Like, you know, she'll stop me sometimes. She's like, really that's enough. Funny.
0: Can I just ask what Krishna thought of the Sports Illustrated?
3: She Actually, she was having her friends over for dinner yesterday because See Above, they love Indian food. Before, she wouldn't even eat dal. Now she's dishing it out to her friends. But she asked me, she said, Mom, can I show the Sports Illustrated to my friends, please? And I just said no, it doesn't matter, you know, because it's just on my phone right now. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no, I said, they don't need to see that. And she was you mom. You do think they're
0: gonna Google it?
3: I mean, they're probably gonna Google it, but I don't need to be at my dinner table with my teenage daughter, yes. with everything that's going on in their universe and two other little girls and be yeah. like, here's my Sports Illustrated right, shoot. Right,
0: right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just,
3: that just feels icky to me. I know yeah. she's proud of me and I'm proud I could do it and look nice yeah. as I did, but, I just, I have to be really mindful of that, yeah. especially with her. You know, she's yeah. used to seeing her mom do fittings, try to squeeze my ass into those Emmy gowns every year. And she doesn't need that in her life. Yeah. She really doesn't. Yeah. I tried to make a big deal of the Time 100 yeah. thing. and. All she wanted to know is like, what was Michael B. Jordan like? <laughs> she <laughs> found out, so, she did not care that I was on. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm over the moon. I it's wish my exciting. grandfather was alive yeah. because this is something he'd actually be impressed by. You know, all my cousins and aunties and yeah. stuff are super impressed by Sports Illustrated and the people who are the most excited, along with me, of course, about <laughs> Sports Illustrated are my gay male friends yeah. and my... Older women friends or my age women yeah. friends, I'm like, yes, goddamn it, yeah. you know. And, tracks. And so that is wonderful, but I really wish my grandpa had been alive. Yeah. He would have lost his shit that I was on the Time 100. 100. It, you know, for me, it's happening now. It's yeah. happening so much later. Like I feel like it's I'm such a at the late right time, bloomer, but it's you know? happening at
0: the exact right time because you are, you're, you are in the right place in your life to to handle all of that. And specifically with Taste of the Nation, you have, you have, so, much, um, you have so much world knowledge. You, you are a mother. You're, you've reached this point of your, your career, your, in your life. You, you are in the right place to be talking and telling these stories. I adore you. I love you. I adore you. you, too. I love you, too. Thanks for coming to Midtown.
3: <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. I think I
0: need a passport to get <laughs> yeah. back down below 14th Street. <laughs> Dinner's on Me is a production of Neon Hum Media, Sony Music Entertainment, and a kid named Beckett Productions. It's hosted by yours truly. It's executive produced by me and Jonathan Hirsch. Our showrunner is Joanna Clay. Chloe Chobel is our associate producer. Sam Baer engineered this episode. Hansdale Shi composed our theme music. Our head of production is Sammy Allison. Special thanks to Alexis Martinez and Justin Makita. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Join me next week.